um, at our virtual campus. Uh, we welcome you to our actual campus here at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, North Dakota. Um, this is New Life, and I'm Pastor David Kufal. I don't want to say too much here today. I already put out a little commercial for those who already saw earlier, but we have a blessing for you. We have a wonderful guest speaker today, Joanne Cianci. She has been on staff for years at our church, and then years ago she was on staff because she was the pastor's wife. But um, she became a minister in her own right, and we love her, and we know you will too. And we're believing that God's anointing is going to be so strong on her that not only will we be blessed here in our, our home campus here, but you're going to be blessed on your device as well. Well, I love you folks. I'll be speaking to you on Thursday night at 6.30. But right now, let's give a warm welcome to Joanne. Come on, folks. Give a good New, Year, new Life welcome. Good morning. Good morning, church. Good morning. Um, I would first like to pray. I would like to pray. Heavenly Father, we just invite you to be in our midst. Your precious Holy Spirit, we need your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord God. We are a needing people, needy people. We are a needy nation, Lord God, for a touch from you, Lord. We are a needy nation. Lord, I pray that every word that I say is in accord with you, with your precious Holy Spirit this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm, going to, um, I'm going to remind everybody that since this is a Pastor Appreciation Day for Pastor Kufel, I want to take the time to remind you to thank Pastor for all that he does in the capacity of being a pastor. I have either lived here or have had ties to Wapton for the last 20 years now. This church has been a, has a piece of my heart. In the last 20 years, you have had a pastor who has served the longest and been, the, and been very faithful to this church. And I want to remind you, church, that when the service ends today, to please go and tell Pastor Kufel that he, that you're thankful that he is your pastor. Thank you. Um, I'm going to deviate a little bit from the service today, and, I'm, and, and the scripture is not up there because I decided to do this right now, and it's in Deuteronomy 30, and it's verse 16. And if it's one scripture, one verse, that um, we could try to remember today, it's this one. Deuteronomy 30, 16, and it says, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. And then we're going to go to, um, I've got to do a little, this is going to be interesting. Okay, I'm going to go to Nehemiah 
the first chapter Nehemiah the first chapter we're going to be reading the whole chapter except for the first verse and this book Nehemiah the, ch the first chapter sets the foundation for the rest of the book okay it is the basis on which the rest of the book um, the rest of the story uh, goes on from the first chapter and I'm starting with verse 2 I'm reading through verse 11 and verse 2 starts that Hananiah one of my brethren came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped and who had survived the cap captivity and were and concerning Jerusalem and they said to me the survivors who are left from captivity and the providence are there in great distress and reproach and today we have a nation that is in great distress and there are many people that are in great reproach right now the wall of Jerusalem is also broken and its gates are burned with fire and so it was that I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven and I said I pray Lord God of heaven oh great and awesome God you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel your servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against you both my father's house and I am sinned we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were cast out to the farthest part of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling place for my name. Now these are your servants and your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O oh Lord, I pray, please let your hear, ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let your servant prosper this day I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man for I was the king's cupbearer Nehemiah's prayer Nehemiah's prayer has some some very eternal truths in it that we need to that we need to hang on to I'm going to negotiate this a little bit. Okay. Nehemiah was a cupbearer, um, a position of uh, a great trust for the king. And to set the stage for this, this king happened to be the, the stepson of Queen Esther. Queen Esther might have been still alive at this time. And if there's one sentence that describes Nehemiah, 
It is this. It is a quote from one of my study Bibles, and it was, and it is a great, um, a great, a great sentence to remember, and even to live by. And it is this: He did not act without prayer. He did not act without prayer, and he did not pray without action. So he did not act without prayer, and he did not pray without action. It would be a great theme for all of our lives to live by this one sentence. I know it is not a scripture, but it is a great quote. And if pastor remember when I had Sunday school, I was always, I was always a good one for quotes. <laughs> and we, were, uh, we will start going through this chapter. And um, we look at uh, verses 4 through 7. And this is what Israel's pride. God's people had disobeyed his laws and are suffering, suffering the penalty. And so it is with America. We have, we have disobeyed God's laws, unfortunately, and we are suffering. We are suffering right now for, uh, for um, the way we have gone, the way we have drifted from his word. And from his presence, and from his presence. And God's promise, the God's promise in verses 8 through 10 says, If my people repent, the Lord has, re has promised to restore them. If my people will repent, the Lord has promised to restore them. And then we see in verse 11, Nehemiah's petition. Nehemiah prays that the Lord will cause the king to grant his request to return to Jerusalem. And our request as a, a nation should be that God would grant, stay his hand for a little while longer, that we can be in his presence a little while longer, that we can see more people saved, our loved ones, people that we care about, that they would come to Jesus, that they would come to Jesus. And we see acts of, the Acts of Nehemiah, he heard the report, he got the facts, and he was sorrowful. We see uh, a godly act in, his, in him weeping before God. And we see him mourning a certain number of days, mourning for the deadness of his people, the spiritual deadness of his people. And we see something happening here that's very un-American to us, and is that he waited. As Americans, we don't like to wait. We do not like to wait. But he waited on God. And this is, this is an, an element of prayer that we need to practice more and more to wait on God. To wait on God. He fasted and he prayed before God. And the facts of his prayer. His facts are he dressed, addressed his prayer to the Lord God of heaven. There's no other God that we can go to. There is no other deity. There is nothing on earth that will save us and give us um, a spiritual transplant of our hearts but the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other God. And he talked about in his prayer God's character. He keeps the covenant that he has mercy on them that love him and keep his commandments. 
God is unchangeable. He is unchangeable. This world, who would have predicted last year that all these things would have happened in America? But this world is, is unpredictable. And in one word, I call it crazy. I just call it crazy. But God stays the same. His, stand, his hand stays the same on, his, on people who believe him and know his name. Amen. His word stays the same. Amen. And our faith, our faith should stay the same. This world might be crazy right now, but our faith is anchored. Our faith should be anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith, we should still have peace when everybody else is full of fear, we should still have peace. And he says, um, let your, his request are, let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to the prayer of your servant. And prosper your servant this day. And grant him mercy in the sight of this king. Lord God, that you would grant us mercy with these people around us, these people that are acting with a spirit of lawlessness, they would, Lord, you'd have mercy on this, this nation once again. His confessions are, he prayed before God night and day. He had a real burden for these people, his people. They were in captivity. They were, they were away from their, their homeland. All, all the, um, the, cult, the things of their culture that they valued, they were stripped of them. He confesses the sins of Israel. He confesses his own sins of his father's house. And we have sinned against you as a nation. And when we have sinned, we must repent. We must repent. And why? Because it, it, it takes us away from God. It drifts us away from the relationship we have with God. And he says, we have dealt corruptly against you. And we have not kept your statutes and your commandments and your judgments. And he, what he was saying is, we haven't kept your laws. We, have, we haven't kept our religious rituals. Um, an example of that would be, in our day, would be going to church and reading our Bible and praying. Uh, in their day, it would be keeping their sacrifices. We haven't been accountable to you, God. We haven't been accountable to you, God. And then... If we, are, if we are to draw nigh to God, there are certain conditions of blessings. But the first one is, God says, you need to turn back to me. You need to turn back to me. You can't stay where you are. You need to turn back to me. We have to make that first step. We have to make that first step. And why do we need to do that? Why do we have to do that? Because God wants to know that we want to go back to him. God wants to know we have a desire to walk with him. God wants to know that we love him. 
and want him back in our lives. We have to turn back to him and we have to keep and do his commandments. We cannot be a Christian. We cannot be a, a Christian of integrity and not keep his commandments. We cannot do that. It won't work, people. It won't work. And his promises and his prophecy, I will gather you from captivity. I will bring you to the place where I have chosen to set my name. And as we, and as we talk to God, one, one, of my study, one of my study books says, prayer is a sober-minded acknowledgement of our true situation before the Lord and an admission of our need for his divine help. We are a needy people, and we need God's help. Amen. We are a needy people, and we need God's help. Prayer is the cry of one's heart to God. Prayer is an honest, heart-searching talk with God, getting real with God about you and about your situation. And I talked about waiting. Waiting is... Waiting means it is a hands-off situation. Hands-off situation. Waiting means seeking and waiting on God. Seeking his face. Spending time in prayer. Spending time, serious time in God's word. Spending time fasting. So we have, so we have three things Three or four things that are important when in, in, um, in deep prayer. I'm going to call it deep prayer, serious prayer. Um, wept before God, mourned. Sorry. Okay. Okay. We had technical difficulties there. Okay. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. Wept before God, mourned over his nation state which we should also do, and personal state, fasted, and, and he had a heartfelt prayer. He had grief over sin. And I, um, I honestly uh, present to you that we need to remember that God is faithful to us. God is faithful to us. We often fail him, but he'll never fail us. I'm going to say that again. God is faithful to us. He is faithful to us when we seek him with all our heart. When we mean business with God, God will hear us. God is faithful to us. We often fail him, but he will never fail us. He will never fail us. And perhaps maybe you have never heard of this concept of prayer, fasting. And maybe you're sitting there somewhere saying, Joanne, this is too much. This is way too much, way too, way too much to do. There, there is a time in our lives, in all of our lives, I think, where we've, we've hit Maybe we've hit rock bottom. And how are you going to get up? You, you have to go back to God. 
You have to go back to God, our creator, and you have to mean business with him. And there are certain elements of prayer, certain elements of Nehemiah's prayer that gets us back to the right place with God, that gets us back to a right relationship with God. So it is Nehemiah wept before God. He mourned before God. He fasted and he prayed. And maybe you've never heard of this concept of fasting before. And maybe you, maybe you say to me, I can't fast food because generally um, that's one of the first things you can fast. There are other things in our lives that we can fast. Pick something that means something a lot to you. Fast Facebook. Fast your novels. Fast your TV. And spend some, some time, more time in prayer and praising God. You know, this week, this week, um, I, I lost, um, I had some part-time jobs. I lost them. I lost three part-time jobs. Um, um, I cleaned houses uh, just for something, something to do and some extra money. And I lost them in the virus. And I understood. I understood why. And I, and I had compassion on the people that um, I had worked for because they're all elderly. And... Um, and the God that I know, the God that I know, I, and I didn't pray about that because I knew, you know what, they need time. They need time. They're elderly people. And this virus is very serious for elderly people and the very young. And, um, and I thought this week, you know what, I better start praying. And the God that I know, and this is nothing to say for me, but he does answer prayer. I prayed on a Wednesday, and one of the people that, the last person, the very last person that I thought that would call me and tell me to come back to work, called me the next day. And this is, this is the God that I know. This is the God that, that you can know, too, if you, if you will seek him with all your heart. If you will seek him with all your heart, he will be there for you. He will not fail you. Amen? And I was thinking, God, thank you, God. And I, I did a step for, further. God deals with me in different ways. And I, um, I had to give a praise offering for that. Because the very next day, he heard and answered my prayer. And you know what? I, I'm just a human just like you. I have my faults and my failures, and I have failed God, but he has been there for me, and he will be there before you. And how do I know that? Because he is bound by his word. He is bound by his word to perform it. And fasting, if you look at um, Matthew 17, 21, there's a story behind that. There was a poor father that had a son that, that was possessed. I'm going to call him possessed because he would throw the, little, the boy, I don't know how old he was, but he would throw himself into the fire. And uh, you don't do that in your right mind. And anyway, um, 
And the, and the disciples came along and they prayed for this, this child, this boy, but he was not healed. He was not delivered. And they came to Jesus and they asked him why. And Matthew 17, 21 uh, explains part of it. Part of it was they did not have enough faith. The other part was Matthew 17, 21 says, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And fasting. So I challenge you, how, how badly do you want to get close to God? How badly do you want your prayers answered? These are the concepts that God has laid out in his word that will hear and answer your prayer. And what kind of a difficulty are you in that you need to get out of? God is your deliverer. And I, I would like to present to you some scriptures on, fat, on um, waiting. Psalms 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And you notice there that it says wait there twice. So we need to pay attention to that. And if we wait on the Lord, he encourages us to be of good courage. And he will strengthen your heart. Psalms 37, 34 says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. Or he will prosper you. He, if we wait on him, he promises to prosper us. And we need to know that God, again, God is bound by his word. There is no formula. There is no formula to, to see God move. It is the condition of our hearts. It is the condition of our hearts that we must come before him with a clean and pure heart. Psalms 52, 9 says, And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. It's a good thing to wait on his name. Waiting. In trouble or dis disagreement, wait on God for an answer to prayer. Wait. Meaning, don't go into the mix and try to fix it, the situation yourself. How many times have we tried to do that? Or wanted to do that? Or, you know, on an impulse, just did that? Trying to fix the situation ourselves. I respectfully submit to you that when we do that, we make it worse. Don't open your mouth and say something you will regret or make it worse. Get in your personal prayer place and go to God and tell him the story that's on your heart. Exodus 14.14 14 says, The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. You shall hold your peace. And I know, I know, because why do I know? Because it works in my life every time. 
The Lord will fight you, and you shall hold your peace. And we're going to look at scripture um, in uh, Samuel about a person that didn't wait and what happened to them. Looking at 1 Samuel 13, 8 through 13, and this is, um, unfortunately, this is the first mistake that Saul made as a king. 1 Samuel 13, 8 through 13, and it says, and then he, that would be King Samuel, King Saul, I'm sorry, King Saul, he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. <clears throat> the people, they were uh, encamped to battle, and his, his troops were running away. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering and the peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened as soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering that Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together in Mishmash, that I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgot, and I will not have the supplication for the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And verse 13 says, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would, would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. And the key two words there, what happened is he lost his kingdom. He was, he was going to lose his kingdom. And we see in this first mistake that, Sam, that Saul makes, we see the first mistake that he made as king, that pride replaces his original humility. And I, I will remind you that when they first were going to crown Saul as king, they had to go look for him. Because he was hiding. He was, he was humble. And he was hiding in the stuff. But now we see this transformation that happened in his heart. And pride took over. The second thing we see in this act is he acted in unbelief, which made him unfit, unfit to be the king of Israel. He acted in desperation. He was not acting in faith anymore. He was acting in desperation and fear. His troops were deserting him. The people were very much afraid. And here, how could they not be? Here their leader was afraid, afraid also. He was not operating in faith. And we know as Christians that if we, if we slip and fall into that state of fear, we will, not, we will no longer be operating in faith. Psalm 62.5 says, My soul wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. And if we go a few, few verses 
Uh, before that, Psalm 62.1 says, Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. If we can believe God for our salvation, on that foundation, we should believe him for everything else. We should believe him for everything else. If we believe him for our salvation, which is eternal, we should believe him for everything else in our life. We wait to hear. We, hate, we wait to hear what he has promised that he will answer. And he has promised that he will answer if we wait to hear. Psalms 85, 8 says, I will hear what the Lord, what God, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. He will speak peace. We may not have peace in America right now. If we wait on him, we will have peace in our hearts. We will not walk in fear. It's time to be strong and to show our colors that we belong not to this world. America is our country and we love it. We, but ultimately, we belong to God. We belong to God. And we can have his peace. Isaiah 55.3 says, Give ear and come to me. Hear, hear what I have to say. Come to God. Hear me, that you, your soul may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, and my faithful love <clears throat> promised to David. My covenant I will make to you, and I will have that faithful love that I, that I had with David, I will have with you. As he loved and blessed King David, he will do so with those who enter into a covenant with God. A solemn promise. A promise with action. A covenant with God. Psalms 136 says, My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. <clears throat> to have that desire to wait on God, to look for God, more than you look for the next day. Proverbs 20, 22 says, Wait for the Lord, and he will save you. And it's not about which political party is going to save us. Or another check from Washington. It is God that is going to save us. It says to wait. It says to wait for God. Wait for him, and he will save us. He will save us. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. If you wait on the Lord, he promises to renew your strength. He promises four, four blessings in that one verse. If you wait on the Lord, he promises to renew your strength. You shall mound up with wings like the eagles. You shall not run and not be weary, and you shall, not, you shall walk and not faint. 
If we, we need to do one thing, just one thing, and God blesses us with four. With four. And now um, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, and then I'm going to I'm going to open up the altars to see for anybody that wants prayer. Okay. Um, we're looking at Psalms 91, 14 through 15, <clears throat> and it says, "Because He has loved me, because those people that love God, therefore I will deliver Him." Because he loves me, I will set him securely on high. You'll be in a safe place. Because he knows my name. Because that person that knows God knows the name of God. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him, rescue him and honor him. And I'm going to up, open up the altars now. Thank you, thank you. And I'm going to open up the altars now. And first, first John, first John, five, four, and five says, "And this is the victory, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith." And this is the victory that overcomes the virus, even our faith. And this is the victory that overcomes protests and racial hate and discrimination, even our faith. And who is he 